looking Patricia right in the eye today on The World. I'm Marco Werman. Hurricane Patricia is one of the most powerful storms ever, so imagine flying through it. They had uh, quite a bit of turbulence going through the eye wall. They had a hard time fighting the aircraft, and um, they were ready to head back after their three passes. Also, college students in South Africa score a victory against tuition hikes, but they won't stop there. There were all sorts of promises, free education, free housing, jobs for all. And 21 years later, those promises have just been broken. Plus, Margaret Atwood on the appeal of dystopian literature. People are worried about a changing planet and also changing an unstable financial landscape. It's all coming up today here on The World. The World is brought to you with support from Audible.com. With over 180,000 audiobooks, Audible is a core tool for anyone seeking to be more productive, better informed, and thoughtfully entertained. You can learn more at Audible.com slash The World. And from Lumosity, offering a 10-minute fit test to challenge memory, attention, and problem solving. With brain games to calculate baseline scores and build a personalized brain training program, performance can be compared to global averages. Learn more at Lumosity.com. I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. A lot of ground and air to cover today. We fly into the middle of the strongest hurricane ever recorded in the Western Hemisphere. And speaking of strong winds, we'll hear what it could be like to have two politicians like Italy's Silvio Berlusconi and Donald Trump in the same room. I think that they'll try to best each other. Uh, I have more money than you. I've had more wives than you. We'll get to that in a few minutes. First, though, what exactly is the best way to flee the war in Syria and successfully make it to Germany or Sweden? A question thousands of migrants are still trying to figure out, even though the cold and rain ought to be discouraging them. Nicholas Schmidl is a staff writer with The New Yorker, and in the latest issue, he has a nail-biting story about a man named Gaith and his journey from Syria. I met him at the time that he had already made the journey. He was in Sweden. He was sort of very much looking forward and, and, and not all that interested in going back and dwelling on the despair that he'd experienced over the course of the previous, you know, more than a year as he was trying to get from Syria to Sweden. But, you know, we were able eventually to, to get a hold of some text messages that he was sending to sister-in-law. And, you know, I think that he was at a point of, of real, real despair. And it, at one point he said, you know, I can't believe you convinced me to leave. And even though even though his life in Syria was far from ideal, um, you know, he did have a wife there. He was sort of in you know, trying to finish his studies, even though it was really tough. And, you know, I think it was so difficult at times that he wondered whether he'd made the right choice. You know, in your article, I was really struck by the explanation of the protocol in Europe for migrants and refugees who arrived there. In Gates' case, uh, he's trying to get to Sweden. That means he needs to be fingerprinted in Sweden. But if he's fingerprinted in any of the countries he passes through, before he gets there, that's where he's got to stay. And I know this has been the case with all the migrants and refugees, but the way you explained it really helped to backfill a lot of the pictures uh, we're seeing of people running and hiding in forests and thickets all over Europe. Just tell us about the fingerprint regulation in Europe. Right. So there is this law, the EU law called, that's known as the Dublin regulation. And what Dublin says is that any asylum seeker who requests asylum shall be granted asylum so long as the conditions in their home country warrant it. And clearly Syria does, but that they would be granted asylum in the first EU border that they cross. And when they, when they arrive in that country, 
they would be registered by the police, they would be fingerprinted, and then that's where they would, you know, that's where they would stay. And what it was designed to prevent was from refugees sort of treating Europe like a buffet and figuring out who's got the best benefits and whatnot. Nonetheless, all the European countries that are on those southern borders, Spain, Italy, Greece, you know, those are not countries where educated Syrians are looking to find a new life. They're looking for the northern European countries. So how do they get there you know, without being stamped. And that's the conundrum that Gaith faced. And there were, you know, he had friends that were you know, burning their fingertips because they were worried that the police were going to stamp them, that the Turkish police at one point were going to stamp them because there was this grave concern that if there's any record of your fingerprints anywhere, that that's the country you will be sent back to. Right. I mean, you get fingerprinted in the wrong place. It could change your entire life. Um, Absolutely. So officials who see people burning their fingertips and just all the other chaos that's going on, are, are any European countries considering changing any of the regulations, like the Dublin regulation? Well, so Germany has suspended its observation of Dublin uh, as of, I believe, August. And so there, there's a lot of conversation about quotas. I mean, the Swedish authorities told us just a week or two ago that any refugee...